I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. I was talking to a bunch of comics the other day, and I was talking about how I felt. They were all talking about Louis C.K., and I said, do you think the seller would put him up if he dropped in right now? Like This was like last week. I said no. I said it'd be a horrible PR move for them to put him up right now. Like that's like I mean, I think later on down the line maybe. I just don't know if I was just curious and everybody said yeah, and a couple people weren't sure, but I think when you run a club I feel you know, you have to be careful of how it looks, you know. I mean it's not like all dudes there, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I am so I must be jaded because if Louis C.K. would have said, you know, you mind if I masturbate, but I'll put you in the week, <laughs> I'd be like, do what you got to do. And I would be like, this is kind of, all right. Like, it wouldn't phase me. It yeah, if he kept me. if he kept his shirt on. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that guy's, that, yeah. It's like he didn't, it he should always phase said, you, you mind? It, it should phase you. I know yeah. you're being a comic about it. No, I'm actually, be, <laughs> you want to be honest? If you've been abused, like, the, yeah. if you've been sexually abused, you have a different set of standards. Well, that's a it's, horrific you, thing to right, think about. You don't have the same boundaries. It's yeah. very interesting when all this Harvey Weinstein, or Louis C.K., the... Now Harvey's uh, different, like right. yeah, I, they're, they're yeah. Predators. I would... Louis was Louis was a little, you know, it was a fetish. I, I saw. It well, answer my question. Answer my question. Do you think that? Do you think the seller would put him on? Is my question. I do, I think Esty would. Yeah, I think they would. Really? Yeah, I really do. I think it, I think uh, I think it would hurt them. I think it would be like protests and things like that. I think they would take the forgiveness angle. I don't know. I'm if curious. Prick me? Do I not bleed? Let I don't you, know. Let you yeah. throw the first stone, you know? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's like, you know, we had T.J. Miller on the show, and he's had some hot water stuff, and it's like, uh, it does make a difference in impact, but I feel like when Louis comes back, it's just going to be all dudes. He's going to, his crowd's going to be like Dice 1989. I think it's just going to be all dudes. I don't think girls are going to want to come out, you know, like more liberal-minded girls are going to want to come out and see his comedy. I think he's done with a certain audience. I think he's lost them forever. I do think dudes will come see him, but I don't think, you know, a proper woman will come, a woman that believes in rights and things like that. Because the thing is, is like, think about yourself as a young comic. And I can't talk for you being a female comic, but I date one, and I know how it is. And all you want to do is just get ahead and, like, have somebody who's really funny think you're funny. That's all you want. And you want them to maybe want to put you on shows or maybe help you along the way if they generally like you for your comedy. But as a woman, it's never just about that. And not speaking for a woman, but, you know, it's just the fact that, you know, a girl just can't just be funny and like in, in, without some dude jerking off on her. Like, I think that's that's the hardest part is women can't just grab a mic and, you know, all that stuff. Well, there's a whole secret culture of women that have like the secret codes with women. It's like sometimes you got to give head if you want to get ahead. And uh, <laughs> we think like that. No, you and, don't. Yeah, you we don't, do. You we shouldn't. Think, you shouldn't no, think like that. Uh, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> Minimized for so long. We've got. But don't very, be. It's about the change. I, I understand it's about the change, but it doesn't just happen when you're like in your fifties. You know, you've yeah. got this. It's a different. Sure. It's a different thing. The other thing is, you don't have to give head. You could just imply that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll have a drink with you. You'll see what happens. Like you can yeah. just be smart. I mean, I always acted like a lesbian. That's how I avoided anything. <laughs> and then I dated Lucian, and then I married him. But I literally, they didn't even think I was funny, but they yeah. did think I was gay. Yeah. I give him a firm handshake. I go, "Where's the light? Do you get lunch? What's the what's the, yeah. the dress code? What's the language?" And my voice dropped yeah. an octave. And well, I never thought you. I never thought you were gay till I saw you do your De Niro, and then I was just like, "Wow, she's she can be a dude real quick." Yeah, well, it saved my ass. You're looking at me. You can't look at me. Look at me. All right. Uh, well, the that was the weirdest intro ever for uh, this show. Um, but uh, I'll bring you in. Um, you're somebody that I've respected for a really long time. Um, I felt like when I first started, I uh, saw you. You ignored me. That's how funny you were in the beginning. You know, you can tell somebody's really funny when there's like, "Shut up, kid. Don't talk to me." And uh, I would see you at the strip. I would see. You, uh, a couple of the clubs in the city, and 
Yeah, you're just always murdered. You're like one of those people that, like, you were part of the murder club, you know, I felt like. And to see a woman doing it was, you know, very cool to see. You know, I felt like, because I'm a big Joan Rivers guy and stuff like that. And so, you know, it was it, it was cool to see someone just come in with that much confidence and stuff. And getting to know you, I know that, you know, the confidence was faked. But, you know, on stage. <laughs> sure was. Yeah, but lie. you murdered, you know, yeah. and you've done so much. Uh, you just come off of uh, What the Fuck with Mark Marin, uh, amazing podcast. Um, I'm hoping to do kind of the more the, the B-side album of the Mark Marin world, you know, where it's like I feel like I have a different generation of comedians in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to do something like that with this here. But, you know, you've had come to Central Half Hour. Um, you know, you've been on several television shows. And ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa Hollingshead is in the building, and we're very excited to have you here. <laughs> it's really it's really great to be here and to talk about the Me Too and the Time's Up. It makes me question my yeah. it really made me question everything, but there was a beautiful moment where I saw this young girl and she was, you know, half naked walking down the street, no bra. Yeah. But and I thought, wow, I'm and then I thought, you know what? With the Me Too and the Time's Up, it's gonna be safe for a woman to to dress however she wants to wear what she wants and not be, you know, not be intimidated, not be uh, seen as a piece of meat. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. And when I was at Greenwich last night, there was a young 18-year-old with a shirt. All this was open. She had the beginnings of breasts starting. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, hey, kids. And I just look at her, and I'm like... I can tell you that that's quite a look, but you guys yeah. can't. And well, it's, I, I would put money money on it that my producer uh, Anthony uh, asked her for her phone number while he was on stage, because <laughs> that's his running thing now. You know who I'm uh, talking about. <laughs> I guarantee you, you can talk. I guarantee you, you asked her for the phone number. Did you, Anthony? She was. I don't think she was there when I was on stage. Oh, thank <laughs> she lucky her. her. Yeah. <laughs> she was 18. No, you know, let's talk about that. I was I was at a club the other night, and um, there was a guy on stage, and he got an Instagram, you know, f- handle from a girl or something. And you know, I, and I used to get on stage. I'll still go on stage and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, kind of flirty. And it's a funny thing that's like, you know, um, like asking phone numbers has kind of been, you know, Anthony's. <laughs> <laughs> and he's single and just ready to romp, so I get it. Like it's like just boiling inside of him. But I, I, I but I'm in my head. I'm wondering if like you know. I just hope it always goes well with these situations because I would yeah. hate for some like Me Too movement with yeah. the guy. Right. And then, well, go ahead. Well, yeah. with me after the show, I always yeah. ask the girl if she was just joking around or if I'm allowed to use her phone number. Mm. And sometimes they'll be like, Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and sometimes they're like, No, no I was just kidding. <laughs> so but then that's I very don't. Delicate. That's a yeah. very like you don't have a predatory way about you, yeah. even though yeah. you might be. But you don't have. Yeah, to, you know? I think he's just saying that for to be on record. No, but uh, <laughs> 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 not only does he look like a Jew, he okay. I get it. No, that's smart. I think that's a smart way to go. Well, because I know sometimes they might just do it because it, everyone's looking at them. Right. So I don't. Yeah. I don't want to waste. Uh, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel bad, and it's also a waste of time to pursue. Yeah. He's got a gentle way. He doesn't come well, it, off as like. But a, you know what it is too. It murders, and it's like whenever I hear like thunderous applause breaks when <laughs> Anthony's on stage, I'm like, oh yeah, he has some girl for a number. <laughs> 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 because they go bananas, yeah. they and, so I, and so I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, he did it. It's just not that plant bit. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not that song. Yes, yes, for a number. <laughs> no, you know, it's... I call them from the stage. You know, they yeah. get excited. No, I know, I know. I, 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 I am I too shy to ask anyone for their number. Yeah. I just don't. Like if I like somebody, they never know it. Yeah. Well, that's that's how's that working out? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's not actually. <laughs> Just, just the old like, don't say shit to you. Just kind of, yeah, just yeah, wait, just wait around and yeah, wait around. You know. and the uh, <laughs> now with the Me Too movement, it's like me alone. Um, <laughs> well, you know, a female comic the other day came up. I did the Tinder thing. I tried that, but they're did like, it didn't like, work out. Yeah. Oh, they're like men are missing body parts, you know, and it's been yeah. a little, Brains. you know, what brains. Brain. Yeah. No, not brains. Uh, like an uh, is that glass eye or no teeth or no lips or missing leg? You know stuff like that. I'm like, can you at least 
Yeah. It, it's a li- and I don't. I mean, you know, no one's perfect. But for a, a coffee that? date, can yet? Yeah. Can you just kind of let me know that there's an issue? Just be a little straight with me. Oh, but well, come on, you know, like whenever you you know adopt an animal or something, you always go for the three-legged cat. You know what I mean? Out of heart, you know. So I think you should date a dude with one eye. Just to, just you I know, did. What I mean? give a freebie. I did. There I went you out go. With one guy did with you? one eye. Did you? And. Uh, I went out with the guy that's teeth kept coming down. Oh, wow. Uh, that needed to get them fisted. That might feel good. That might feel Anthony. good. Yeah. Anthony and, knows. Uh, yeah. He does the old fake teeth thing. So, of course, thing. I had to pay for everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you get a... Uh, do you get a, a lot of action after shows sometimes? You, I mean, like, I'm curious how a female comedian that works the road a lot is is approached the way that, you know... Young guys. Young guys. St- I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. And I really, and yeah. I mean some good-looking young guys. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They're like, no, I mean, we can uh, have a good time. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm very flattered. I'm very yeah. flattered, but, yeah. you know, I'm not Mrs. Robinson. Those days are yeah. over, and I feel like Blanche Dubois. Okay. And I'm like, I, you probably don't even know who that is. He's like... No. Of course. Uh, Google that, Anthony. Um, uh, <laughs> and I said, I'm very flat. He's like, come on, we'll have a good time. Yeah. I'm like, no, we won't have a I, No, you could, if you can help me with my computer, that'd be great. But that's it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, because It'll when be I good, fall oh, in I love or if I like somebody, it's like it doesn't matter about the age. I get attached very yeah, easily. Yeah, but, so. but, but, but I think you're funny enough to deserve some after show dick. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. the compliment. Is like cuz guys married. on the road are like, "Hey, you know, I got girls after my show and that's it, how I got my girlfriend. That's how no, I've always had more. girls was they had to see the act first. They're intimidated. Yeah. That's been my problem. Mm. A guy will forgive a um, uh, it's like what I mean, Oscar Wilde says: a guy will forgive a woman everything, lest her wit. Like they just don't want you a little bit funnier than they are. Well, there's unless there's, they're confident in themselves. There's definitely that. That's a hundred percent true. All and <laughs> you. I'm going to say yeah. something horrible. <laughs> I'm going to say something horrible. I think you're beautiful, and I think you're funny, and I love you. But I think I could see some of your material freaking guys out. You know, you got the bit about the, uh, you know, the hamburger bit about the, the yeah. with the guys like, I heard you bite it off. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was the taxi yeah. driver. <laughs> and you got the Italian porn star where you're, you know, you're French just, porn you're a little star. French, sorry. And you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're aggressive. But you look at it's that fun, and you though. Think, She'd be good in bed, right? The first one. Maybe. She'd be good in bed. She'd she'd have a little bit. She could keep up if I took a couple Viagra. Or she'd wear a helmet, you know? She'd wear a helmet now. I'm so (laughs) genteel. Like, it's all an act. And if you just, um, what, you know what? I was in Montreal one time, and this older gentleman came up to me after I had, like, an amazing set, and the audience was clearing away, and he just comes up to me and he goes, You gave a lot. You must. Have had so much pain growing up, <laughs> and I I didn't know I got I, I was taken off guard, and I just looked at him and I said, "Yeah," but I try to transform it, yeah. you know. But he he nailed me. Yeah, you know I've uh, heard your story a little bit, and um, you know I was on a podcast the other day, and somebody was talking about drugs and kids and things, and I know you, you're pretty open about the stuff that you experienced and things, and. Uh, you know, I I I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh you know, my parents were always crazy. You know, it was either it was either violence or it was just like, you know, my mom sitting there just smoking a pipe full of weed sitting right next to me and you know, it was the culture of the time. The seventies were a little looser, you know. Nobody was you know, was smoking cigarettes with the windows rolled up and you know, it was a whole different time. I and mean, we didn't you know, we were seven years old out on our own, you know, just running in the woods and things and so I don't think parents took as much responsibility i mean your story's beyond that i think with you know some of the you know things that you you know experienced with whether you were ready for them or not but you know i think uh but you look back on your life and lots of therapy and stuff for myself and i start to think it gives me something (laughs) that works on stage you know the pain does work you know it's like i mean my brothers used to beat the shit out of me i've seen horrible things you know but but when a guy's heckling me, I can handle it, you know, usually. I mean, a lot of, sometimes well. I'll have a meltdown on occasion if they don't like me enough. That's something I'm dealing with now. I don't know how your meltdowns are, but I just, you know, I'm about one every two weeks. Like, I really got to work on when they don't get it or when they don't appreciate it. I think appreciate it is the thing. I don't – I did what so Jake was a Yes. 
I remember seeing Jake LaMotta. I remember seeing Raging Bull and Jake LaMotta saying, they never, I never went down. Never went down, Ray. I never went down. Never went down. That's pretty good for a Southern boy. That's pretty impressive. I've seen the movie a million times. I remember thinking, I'm never going to let them see that they've hurt me. One time it happened. It only happened once in all the years I've been doing comedy. And if I did have a meltdown... I'd go home, I'd chain smoke, I'd eat ice cream, I'd yeah. cry myself to I'd be, and then I'd be like, I'm out of here, I'm gonna like work with animals, just fuck, just, just screw it, it's not for me. It's, you know, I, I perform for drunk animals, I just as well, you know, take some care of some little ones. Yeah, I was Googling jobs the other day, I was like, okay, let's say I did quit this thing, and yeah. let's say I just yeah. gave up everything yeah. and just you know what's out there you know? <laughs> I'm just you ever go to one of those things and you're just like the monster.com yes. like wh- yes. what are you gonna do you're gonna work at a cubicle and want to stab yourself in the eye with a pencil like I'm looking at all these jobs and it's just like there's just you what am I gonna drive a UPS truck you know am I gonna teach children like I there's nothing and a lot of times I'll try to find maybe a regular job I've always told myself maybe I'll just be like a like assembly worker I've always thought that would just be like just Think about nothing all day and just put a part on a thing. Just you know, just like but one thing. You wouldn't thing. be thinking about nothing. You wouldn't be thinking about. Well, that's nothing. what I would pick up again. Yeah, would, you'd be like, yeah. what? <laughs> just, what happened? What happened? Just putting a little like thing on it in a toy or you know, like assembly thing line. The, you know, yeah. I've always thought, yeah, fuck that. That's you know, just do right. that. You would slowly, your soul would be eaten alive. I know. You'd but probably, uh... Nobody's asking me for a spot, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> if I'm just putting a little... Nobody's going, hey, can I get some of that? No, nobody's going to ask for that. you get to have a life that makes you happy, that works for you, yes. so that you don't... Uh, Struggling like... with the happiness. My therapist is out of town. I had a little meltdown they situation. Yeah, had a little meltdown on a podcast the other day. Some guy was just, like, complying that I'm a booker and stuff, and then it's like... I don't know. It's just... What happened? Uh, Nah, it's just you ever you ever in a podcast or a recording thing, a TV or a radio thing, and you're just like, it just goes south, and you can't take it back. Like you're tr- you just keep you're kind of like talking in circles, trying to like say something, and then you know the energy of this particular person is kind of like this negativity thing is yes. kind of what what drives their podcast. Yes. And so it's like they kind of want to, you know, and it's it's not like a light roasting. Like, I might be silly with you, but I'm never going to try to, you know, make you look bad. No. And it's like, and so he just made me look bad. And he started, you know, with because I'm sensitive about the Booker thing because I was just like, you know, I don't want these kids coming at me or whatever. And I try to explain it in an honest way. And then he tried to, you know, say how insecure I was. I said, I, you know, it's like, Setting boundaries is, is the opposite of insecurity, you know, and that's the confidence in yourself. And it was just like, you know, I'm talking to this meat piece of meat, you know, he doesn't know what he, you know, what I'm even saying. But uh, I don't know. It just went south. And then it's like then all his fucking trolls started coming at me online and it was just like it was crazy. And it's just wow. like one of those things where it's just like uh, – I don't know. Just had a rough week with, uh, you know, trusting people. And his whole – this is his whole thing. He said – he goes, since you run a room, do you feel – he goes, don't you hate it when, like, you know, you never know if a joke stinks or not because all the young comics talking to you are never going to be honest with you. And I said, you know what? I said, I can't think that way. I said, I want to think that my comic friends, Anthony's comic friend that I book, you're a comic friend that I book – I don't think you're going to come up and like jerk me and say something's good or something's bad, you know, w- without real honesty. I don't think you're going to tell me something about my act that I'm going to use or not use and think it's not some, you know, and he was just, he just didn't want to believe that. And he went off saying, oh, you're full of shit, da da da. And I was like, I go, because if I walk around thinking I can't trust anybody in this business who's a comic or an agent or something, it's like, you know, then I might as well put the fucking work on the assembly line. You know, because I don't want to live like that. So anyway, I think I'm just having trust issues with you know comedians in general. And then when we said that, it made well, you me know feel how weird. trustworthy they are. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you? I mean, I mean, it's weird. Is it? I feel like most of the people you talk to are comedians, right? When Lucian passed yeah. away, I suddenly realized who I could trust and who I couldn't. Okay, everything changed. The whole game changed. I realized how many women I helped get past. How yeah. many women could give a crap about me. And it turned out that there was more men that were kind of in my corner than women. And I was always like pro the woman. And it was a big eye opener that they still stayed friends or I helped a couple, uh, you know, I helped a couple. I helped a bunch of comedians get past at the comic you show. Did. You know, I went you out, did. I went to bat for them. Yeah. And uh, Lucian, I don't go, we don't need another black man. We don't need another white man. We don't need another <laughs> woman. I'm like, no, you do. You got to give her a shot. <laughs> you need a you know, Sioux Indian. Yeah, That's what yeah. you need. <laughs> I liked him. I liked him. I liked him. You know. 
Well, um, I mean, you're a giver. You know, I'm the same way. But sometimes it's, you know, it takes a toll. You know, but you can't think I about it never, like that. As long know. as I live, I will try not to cry. I will never. Please cry. As as I, I want to cry too. Let's uh, just cry it out. And you know what? There's beauty in being vulnerable, Benet. Um, yeah. There's a there's a thing about the art of vulnerability. You're actually stronger when you admit that you're insecure and unsure of yourself, and it makes people more. It's like there's a crack in the bell, and that's where the light shines through. Yeah. And no one, and just always remember that because it's all. Well, that's the thing with you know we, we started talking about you know the the woman's plight and and the and the male plight is I don't get compliments anymore. I love compliments. W- w- about what? Uh, just you look good. You do look. We well, say you look good. You no, walk in popping no, and stuff sometimes. No, no, yeah, I mean, I mean you're wearing a shark panda shirt. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, is this is beyond hipster. Yeah. This is Brooklyn with yeah. a new level. Yeah, I was just you know, you gotta you know, just saying. You know, tit it up a little bit, then you're gonna get more compliments. Right. That's just life. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's but yeah. But no, I was just saying it's um no, but there's you know, um you know, women have to deal with the constant, you know, sexual attention and things like that, or wondering if, you know, someone wants to fuck me or if they think I'm funny. And then I think, you know, as men, just like the situation I had to deal with, with, you know, somebody, you know, saying I was overly sensitive or whatever. And I feel like, you know, that's some sort of weakness, you know, as a man, you know, to have like real feelings about something or call somebody and say, I don't like you saying that because it makes me feel this way. You know, have any sort of like, you know, vulnerable, you know, conversations with somebody it makes you feel like you're not. And I have this image. People think I'm just a rednecky guy or something. And I'm not, you know, I'm just I'm, I have feelings and I'm they're multi-layered. And uh, that's yeah, it's tough sometimes because you feel like you don't want to come off weak, you know, right. but at the same time, you don't want people to. You know, treat you a certain way. So setting boundaries is a foreign thing for a lot of, like, you know, dumb men to accept. Well, if you come from kind of violence, you know, there was no clear boundaries yeah. or, or addiction. You know, yeah. there wasn't none. But it's like I remember telling somebody that, you know, because you, you, I give and give and give. And then after a while, I'm like, wait a second, I'm getting taken advantage of. And I, I told my friend, I said, don't confuse kindness with weakness because yeah. I'm, I'm kind, but I'm hardly weak. Yeah. And that's just like, they just backed up. So you learn ways to, it's like the more you rat on yourself and let people know where your faults are, no one can ever attack you or get to you because you're already owning it. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, you know, like, well, with you, what I was going to say is when uh, I was really at a low point and that night I was on stage and, um, you know, it was an addict that like saved my life, Paulie, and, and Paulie said, uh, you know, she's nothing but a drunk. She's going nowhere. She's a loser. And Paulie said she's got more talent in her in her finger than you have in your whole body. Get this get get this woman a cab. And you brought me off stage. And I knew something was really wrong because the audience and the audience was quite kind. They were yeah. like, "What's?" And you were so gentle with me. And I thought, man, I just destroyed it all. And um, I got home. I have no idea how I got home. And I'll never forget how kind Paul was, how kind the audience was, how kind you were, and I'll never forget how cruel the comics were. And I thought, I've got to let go of that that anger, but yeah. I was to look at things a little bit differently, and at Lucian's memorial, I began to see, like, who my friend, people were like, um, you know, she should go away, she'd go to re- rehab, and I told my friend, I said, they don't care if I go to rehab, they just want my spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know... I mean, addiction is, yeah, we, we, a lot of us share that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, 10 years I have sober, you know, God willing this, you know, this summer, you know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been very difficult, you know, it's like, I, I feel like, um, I, you know, when you, when you go through that, I have two lives, you know, I have the life of people seeing me that way. And some people still want to see me as that fucked up comic. Right. And it's like, and, you know, I have, you know, there's plenty of like, rooms that know me as that guy and they don't even know this person and so they're just like oh that, that, that guy's too crazy and i'm like no dude i just sit at the bar and drink a red bull like i'm not that guy anymore right. but i can't convince them because right. i've screwed up and burned so many bridges in this business 
And it's just, you know, and now it's like I'm climbing back and becoming someone different and whatever. But you never escape that. But at the same time, you grow from it. Right. And it's like, and you know that, like, but that's the thing. You know, people that pick you up when you're at your lowest are people that, you know, you hope to kind of stay with in the business. But I never forgot it. Yeah. Well, that's sweet that you remember that. And I, but I, going through the shit myself, I'm able to see that stuff. You know, I think I was barely sober when I saw that with you. And it's just like. You know, it was just—it was just one of those moments. I've had crazy moments like that. So. Well, I used to be very flirty. Yeah. I mean, that ended. Yeah. I mean, I've had people say, "Man, when you drank, you were, <laughs> you were a lot of fun." Yeah, but you, it's like I, it was fun for like the first three drinks, yeah. and then it was then it could get. I'd start crying. Well, you bite a lot. I, I remember I, that. I, I bite. <laughs> <laughs> you were a biter. I think yeah. I still got some scars. No, <laughs> it's like. But, yeah, I mean, people, I feel like I'm definitely not as fun anymore, you know, in, in some ways. I feel like I'm fucking bumping a log, you know. People, you know, I don't know. I just. But you can still, uh, but you know what? You get the job done. You, do, yeah. you know, comedy is the fairly disciplined art, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you might not be so much fun, but you're going to live longer. You can have fun. I mean, there's yeah. ways to have fun. Believe me. Definitely I, ages you, too, and it's just like it just no, takes it out. No, I think you look at, uh, what, yeah. not drinking? Drinking. Uh, drinking, drinking, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Women it. like you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I, there was one thing that, that sobered me up. There was a picture of me for uh, some birthday. I took one look at myself. I'm like, what's the red <laughs> crap on my face? What's that puffy? Stuff? Yeah. I didn't even. I'm like, you know, vanity alone made me like you got to sober up. But um, you know, there's a lot. Comedians are very sensitive. Actors are very sensitive. Yeah. I remember someone saying alcoholism is a low-level search for God, and I thought it was the most profound thing. That's yeah. all we're looking for is connection, just connection. It doesn't matter whether it's a bottle or food or a person or a mic. Yeah. It's just to feel a sense of connectedness. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird when you, you know, you spend, you spend your life in bars, you know, yeah. and it's just like... Um, it's tough when you're not super famous because, you know, it's just, it's these fucking little ratty comedy clubs <laughs> and it's just, you're forcing people to drink and then you're getting up there and, um, you know, you know, eight times judged out of, by yeah, people like this. eight times out of 10, it works. Yeah. But yeah. then there's those two times that, you know, it's just, it takes a toll on you. You know, I think it's like when you're like the sober one and then, and then I also feel it's like. You know, some people, like, turn your pain into material, you know. And then I always feel like when there's a guy up on stage and he's talking about sobriety, I feel like it's a buzzkill for the crowd because it's like they're just they're forced to drink. And you're right. just like, drinking will will ruin your life. Right. And then the waitress come out, uh, last call, last call. Right. You know, and it's right. like the whole thing is confusing. Right. I don't know who put this thing together. Like, whoever said, hey, let's force this and force this and make it a thing that's standard is unbelievable the drinking and the comedy thing and so i think i don't know some nights it's uh it's it's just i don't know it can like really throw you you know when you have people drunk and shit it really can especially if they're nasty like if they're playful and they want to be part of the show yeah that's fine but then there's guys that drank a little too much or women that drank a little too much and they got that weird thing that goes on and they're not friendly yeah yeah. they're nasty and uh ugly and you have to like be you know yeah, okay. All right, yeah, I know you want to stab me. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, I see the knife coming. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a very hard time. I mean, I'm such a fucking maniac. Like, <laughs> like this is a, this is like last week. Like, I get off stage, and nobody's clapping, and I, I, grab, a, I grab a guy's hands in the crowd, and I'm literally touching him, and I'm just making him clap. <laughs> for me <laughs> and i'm just i just grab this guy's random guys that he's not laughing i'm just like clapping his hands together like this and it's just like you know because i just couldn't take the fact that he couldn't give me enough respect to fucking give me an applause break when i work my ass off up there like it just drove me insane maybe you're going through a transformation as a comic what you'll put up with and what you won't yeah i mean i remember you know watching bill hicks uh you know you know, with the free bird thing, you know, as you've seen that clip where he's just like losing his fucking mind. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the greatest comic of our time is in that room 
and he's on that stage and he's these people are lucky enough to see him alive and see him perform and they're just fucking with him and they're just yelling out free bird trying to br- he's doing these amazing jokes and it's they're not even jokes they're like just these it's just a whole nother level of something that we're all trying to do and you know and he had to deal with it you know and it's, he's like the best that you could do have there and he's still getting it from the crowd so it's not even about the, your level of talent right you know it's just like but i don't know i think all this is i don't know where i'm going with all this today but i just feel like um when i because when i talk to you I know you're always working on yourself and I'm always working on myself and whether it be just, you know, reading a quote or whether it be, you know, dealing with addiction and, you know, meetings or what, you know, just it's just something that, you know, as a comic, it's like our psyche is so important for how, you know, how good we are on stage, you know, and how funny we are and how much, you know, so I don't know. I just feel like. When I see you, I'm like, oh, I could just talk about this stuff, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Because you get it, you know? Yeah. You get it. So, I don't know. Well, let's Maybe we'll go somewhere else. Uh, so... You need a strong psyche to sit in a room yeah. with a bunch of strangers, some that are drinking, some that aren't, some that are judging, some that aren't, and to make them laugh. You know, and sometimes yeah. you forget how courageous... Like, every once in a while, someone will say, "What? it takes courage to do what yeah. you do. And you never think it because we're busy fine-tuning this or yeah. feeling bad about ourselves or thinking, why did I let that get get to me? Or how can I turn this... Or, like, the brain is always going, but... So take me back a little bit. Take me back to the early days. So what was... Um, where did you start? Where did you start comedy? In New York? Or? In New York, okay. yeah. In Manhattan, okay. Gladys's Comedy Club. Oh, I'm wow. 40... Uh, yeah, and I was a te- oh. I was a secretary. I was a word processor. I had twelve okay. years as a word processor for um, different companies. Oh, I thought you meant for Glasses Open Mic. Yeah, it's like what kind of word uh, processing is she doing? No. So you did that office work, and, and then... I had all these. I got a scholarship to Lee Strasberg. I was okay. I got into accepted at NYU. I just wanted to be an actress, and my roommate when I was yeah. in Astoria said. You know, when you tell me what your job's like, that's funnier yeah. than the sitcoms. You should do a comedy. Nice. I'm like, what, are you crazy? I'm like, what? With the, no. Like, I never came from comedy roots. Yeah. I happened to be sarcastic and angry because of how I was raised. Um, what, was, what was your first um, stand-up credit? Like, what was your first TV experience? What was that? Do you remember? A girl's... Girls gone wild. <laughs> Let's pull that up, Anthony. You got that on there? Uh, Girls Night Out. Girls, Girls Night, Night Out. Out on VH1 and on I VH1. Okay. And um, this woman. And how long into comedy were you before you got that? Like a year and a half. Oh my goodness! Yeah. A year and a half and a TV credit. That's boss right there. Yeah, and I was. It's really, like Michael Chase shit. Well, I kept telling Lucian. I kept telling Lucian. Um, you know. Uh, I said, I'm really funny. He's like, oh, so you say. I mean, it's like, and I said, I've got really gotten good. And he happened to come to that show to see somebody else, to see yeah. Nancy Mira. And uh, we were both on, and we both had killer sets. And he was like, uh, yeah, maybe I could use you as an MC. You know, but I had a, he didn't expect it at all. Yeah. And I, I, I he I just used to work around the clock just writing notes. And then when I'd gotten involved with a couple of men, they were, if I did well, if I did better than they did, they got jealous. And if they did well, I was so happy for them. And I mm-hmm. thought, I'm going to have to be like a horse with blinders and just forget about anybody and just focus until meet meet someone kind of supportive. I remember, like, being with somebody and saying, so, I had a really great set. And I said, so what did you think? And he goes, well, did you tape yourself? I said, I said yeah, but what did you think? Well, listen to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, we are so not having sex tonight. <laughs> oh, okay, for a lot of you, um, it's uh, Lucian Hold. Um, he was uh, the talent coordinator um, and actually originally the carpenter and pretty much everything in the beginnings of the comic strip live, um, 82nd and 2nd. Great comedy club, and he was there from the beginning of it, and he, you know, fostered, you know, everybody from, you know, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, a lot of, you know, amazing comics came through, Adam Sandler, and, uh, you know, big guys came through, and he he was definitely one of these people that, um, very snobbish way about him, you know, and um, so I've never met anybody, you know, SD, the strip, the seller, and different, you'll meet people along the way that are intimidating, but... <laughs> 
I have never been so intimidated by someone in my life. And he was the most peculiar person I'd ever met in my life. I could I, I couldn't tell if he was from England. Like I just <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. He dressed like he was in the PBS murder mystery. <laughs> it was the like a little scarves and thing. It was a, the whole thing was just it was just a little mustache. It was just so intimidating. And um and it's funny, I've, I've never, I don't know if I've told you this, I, I tell a lot of people about this, how I got passed at the strip. Uh, it had a lot to do with you. And I remember, because <laughs> I just couldn't pass the strip. And it was like, and it was just one of those things where I would go and it would crush and Starla would just treat me oh. like shit. She was the MC. They had like a house MC that was a comedian. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, kind of this uh, tomboy person, and she was just, I don't know, she was really rough on comics. And it was there was no, like, you know, it, it, it was no love there. It was tough, tough love, like, with her as an MC. There was other guys, like Jim Madrinos. There were guys that were a little more, you know, cultivating and thing, but she she was the opposite. And so I just, uh, you know, I, I remember one time I just screamed at her, and I was like, where are you working? I was like, just give me a shot and all this stuff. And so anyway, so and so I remember I said, you know, I passed I passed the thing and you know, uh I passed to go to Lucian. I said, just give me to Lucian. I go, I don't care. It's he could tell me no. He could tell me he's got so many white guys. He could tell me all that shit. I don't care. Just give me the fucking Lucian. And so I flipped out and she said, Fuck you, and it was a big whole thing, and I left. And then she called me, got my number for somewhere, and she said, Look, it's like, you know, I don't I don't appreciate you freaking out on me, but you know what? You are funny and you did do good, so I'm going to get you an audition for Lucian. And it was just like so it was you know, it was creating bad behavior, you know. I'm just, it's like, yeah. fuck you. Okay, yeah. you'll get something now. Yeah. So, and so I get this audition. And then at the time I'm writing a sitcom. I'm writing this this sitcom called Pay and Dues, and and there's a and there there was a waitress over at the New York Comedy Club because I used to be the busboy there, and I used to be the busboy, and then I would get you know from Al Martin, and we get stage time. So we created the sitcom that was basically kind of loosely based off the people that worked at the club, and there was this one waitress. Her name was Linda. And she was just a spitfire. And she thought she was kind of like Lucille Ball. Like she had this Lucille Ball vibe to her. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But she, she was just like, you know, she would like literally like do like the voice and everything. And she would get really mad at customers. And she would, she would stir their their drinks with her toes, you know, because oh she God. would get so mad at them. Like she would just like stir the drinks. With her, hey, you go, asshole. And she would like stir the drink and put it back on the thing and then serve it to the people. And so I was thought, hey, you know who could play this part? <laughs> Vanessa. Would you this? <laughs> so, so I had you in mind for this. I was like, but you could. It would be great. It would be a beautiful role for you. And then I remember I and I had my audition for Lucian and I go on stage and I, I fucking I crush it. But he's still giving me he's just about to give me the white man speech. He's like, oh, you know, doesn't I, I have already have so many white guys. You gotta have a Todd Berry thing. And it was I was pre cowboy hat and all that stuff. So it's like I uh, and then I was just like I was just about to leave and I had it in my pocket and I said, just so you know, I I wrote this this the sitcom and I you know Vanessa would be great for this. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's passed. So. <laughs> That'll get her off my back. I suppose I could give the cowboy a shot. Give the young whippersnapper a shot to make some noise. So that's that's how I passed the Goblin strip. But I, every intention of casting you is just, just it, the thing no, fell I apart. For, I was up for before the laughter to play the Lucille Ball story. And yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You, you have that energy. And this this person, this this waitress, oh, you would have nailed it. Because it's, you know, the comedy club waitress kind of thing that's just kind of, you know, comic but lost her mind. You, you would have tapped into but it. But that's so smart that you did that. Well, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to get past... Just you know, but he also saw someone that's creative and writing, and I, and I was writing stuff. It wasn't like I, I just said, "Oh, let me just do this for this." I was already creating stuff. He already knew that. Like yeah. he took his. He's like this guy creates stuff. Well, um, that's what you had to do too with Lucian is prove to him that you were worth investing in. 
you know, because he, you know, he. Well, he always said, "I give, I give uh, comics, whether they're known or unknown, a couple years to make some noise. If you don't make some noise, they they get to the back of the bus." <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it's still the worst. I see some of these guys, and it's like, whew. you see them just hanging out in the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you come coming yeah, in. Yeah, Lucian will be like, like oh. it's, "It's really sad. It's like an old horse." You oh. know? It's just, it's just, it's just, he's so cold. But it's just like an old horse that you love. I mean, he had his uh, heyday. And, uh, oh no! It's not. That's the, that's, it's not going to happen. I, how do you uh, tell somebody it's uh, not going to happen? But uh, you know, I'm the caper of the gate. I just <laughs> let them know it's not going to happen. I don't like doing that. Yeah. And he goes, you know, it's important you be brutally honest. Back I said, why bus. don't you just be honest? Why don't you take the brutal part out of it? <laughs> and he looked at me like, like he never thought of that. Yeah, the brutal. Yeah, yeah we're he, already brutal enough on ourselves. You don't need. But to be brutally That's honest. every comic's nightmare, you know, being the comic at the back of the bus. Yeah. It's just, you know, but at the same time, it's like, fuck that. Because I, I feel like I'm always defending kind of just the working man comedian. And I feel like, you know, there's, there's, there's 30 spots that are just unbelievable, you know, guys that are just, you know, Kevin Hart status and things. And then there's guys that, you know, are making, you know, good salaries, working the road, cruise ships, you know, different private events and different shows, different clubs, working the city. You know, it's just like, you know, I feel like there's, you know, a lot of lay people just see it as like, you know, how come you're not on a Saturday Night Live or how come you're not like Seinfeld or how come, you know, and it's just like I feel like uh, I get a little defensive to that because I feel like there's a working class comedian that is important because – Seinfeld's not going to come to freaking, you know, the Arkansas funny bone chuckle hut, whatever the fuck, you know. So you gotta, you're going to get me. Right. You're going to get right. somebody like, you know, right. you're going to get other people like, you know, this is the greatest cruise they've ever did or a private party. They, you, you know, it's like, what are the comedians they're going to get? And it's like people don't realize it's like, you know, it's like you're not going to be able to, you know to see these people all the time. So we need other comedians, and we're those other comedians. And sometimes you see some great comedians oh, that are just yeah. so hungry, and when they get their fame, it's like they know they've lost. There's something missing. Yeah. Sometimes they, they write, they churn it out like Carlin, and sometimes something happens to them, and they've, they've lost a little. They're not so hungry. You know, working-class yeah. comedians are hungry, especially if they do the work. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's really, I'll never, there's moments where I've performed in front of thousands of people, and there's moments I've performed in front of two people, and... How's the two people? Wonderful. You know how great that is. Um, if there, and, <laughs> I, did, well, I don't mean to interrupt. I did Two People's Two Girls at Dangerfields, yeah. and they both went to the bathroom while I was on stage, <laughs> and I literally had to stand there and wait for them to come back. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. And they came. Then they both came back and sat down. And I was like, "Really? You guys couldn't just go one at a time?" And right. it was like really fun. Anyway. Right. Well, it's like you always think the grass is greener on the other side. I've had moments where I've had amazing shows and high caliber and industry, and there's moments where I've just had like a handful of people that really got me. And I would yeah. still say, you always think you're going to be happy when you get this, that, and the other thing, but. I think happiness is kind of from within. You just want to be recognized. It's like you want to make, I say as a comedian, I want to make enough money that I can that I can call the shots every once in a while. I don't yeah. need to be rich, but I don't want to be dirt poor where I live paycheck to paycheck either. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think we're all kind of, we're trying to find it. And it's changing, and they, they, lo you know, they keep lowering the prices of comics. There's, there's a market is so saturated. Um, you know, you do the shit. It used to be like if you were a ship comic, people would be like, oh, you do ships? Like, yeah. it was just, now it's like, you do ships. How do you get on ships? I mean, I, <laughs> I put in, how do you do that? Exactly. What do you do? What do I got to do? I got to be clean. I got to keep it a word in for me. So I could do ships. I could, what do you just do? Make, like, people, like, uh, laugh. Make ship from a jokes? Ship. Do you like do ship, ship jokes? jokes? <laughs> do ship jokes? I could do ship jokes. I could write some jokes. You know how funny I am. You put a word in for me. Yeah. I'd love to do those ships. Wouldn't I do good? I do good. Look at me. Look, I would do good. <laughs> so. You got that ship joke. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's a piss me off about Louie. It's like you know, like he said some negative stuff about ship acts on on one, like Conan or something. What did he say? He was on a cruise 
and he was with his children, and I think there was a comedian on the cruise, and then he said something like, you know, the kid asked him about the comedian on the ship, and he's like, well, that's a different kind of comedian. Like, he was kind of condescending about it, and then it was like, and he had said that, and he was saying it on the air, like on like Conan, and I, I, that turned me off. I thought that was a little weird. That he would just kind of like, because to me, we're a band of brothers and sisters. It's like, right. if you, you know, it doesn't right. matter what I level agree. or what you're yeah. doing. It's yeah. just like, and as long as you're original, you'd be a prop act. If you're an original prop act, I don't give a shit. There's so many comedians. There's, yeah. ship, there's, ship, there's some ship comedians that you're like, you've got to be kidding me. That get the laughs, <laughs> that do hack material, yeah. and they're getting lit. And, and oh, I'm, yeah. that, I'm like, you're going to get a standing ovation for doing that thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's. The, you know what? Well, it's since good. you've been you do, do your thing, you do, and then there's uh, comedians that are so original. You yeah. do the crowd work. You have fun with them. I mean, I learned how to do yeah. so much crowd, and it's like, and it's playful. It's just, it doesn't matter. Like in the end, it really doesn't matter how you make a living. And there's always room for, like when someone said, there's always room for everybody. Just yeah. there's always an p- opportunity. So well, now that you know you you do a few cu- cruises, do you? I mean, do you have a closer with like a with the CD that you put on and stuff? <laughs> I'm getting ready to do a fourth DVD at. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, like, do you have like an like? I was just trying to be silly, what? but like, you know, we're like a closer that you like queue up the CD, you know, like. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just worked on a new one, which you made fun of me. You, I, I was so prepared, but you go, listen, I'm not going to play any tapes. Are you yeah. doing your, oh, your that's music? Just... I don't want to. And I'm like, I just did a click away, um, by as Mick Jagger, and he's and oh, you're like, yeah. well. Oh, well, good. good. <laughs> you want to tell some jokes? And I'm like, but there are jokes in that. That's my art. That's my artistry. He's like, yeah, 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 but I'm not going to be pressing any buttons for you. Well, see. And so yeah. I got a mini speaker. Oh, you're I hilarious. Got thing and it's like, ooh, my tweet is trending. Can I just do Mick Jagger? <laughs> Matter of fact, I ran here Nailed early. Nailed it. Nailed it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Now you know it's that's that's funny. I did a Mick Jagger thing when I first started. Did you do the accent? No, I just no, I just I lips I lip synced. No, no, hear me out. I lip synced, but then I had a magnifying glass in front of my lips. (laughs) <laughs> and I was lip syncing, can't get no satisfaction. I was lip syncing. Why did you microphone. bring that back? Oh, I, well, I probably get some cruises, right? Now. You probably. <laughs> I did that. I never. Pra- I practiced. I've been practicing as Mick Jagger, watching I, him. As I that, love, my love. Tra- yeah. yeah, and he's such a. He's, he's so a Leo. Great. He's like, we're, yeah. I'm he's, a Leo. Yeah. You're a Leo. He's a Leo. He's, he's yeah. A Leo. Yeah. yeah, we're all Leos. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'm like, it's, I'm shocked. Need a litter box in here. Yeah. I'm getting a word in edgewise. <laughs> but they uh, always say you can never date a Leo because two sons don't like to revolve around themselves. Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Which <laughs> is hysterical. <laughs> Why don't you like make you know in Brooklyn like an alternative room? They'd be like, yeah. That's dude. So I original. was. <laughs> Anthony knows all this stuff. I told him all the weird stuff yeah. I used to do. I used it's to. Hysterical. I used to try to be weird. I, you know, it's kind of. I like it. Yeah, I used to go on stage with a like a fish and a thing. Like <laughs> I put like a goldfish in a, a glass of water, and I would just stand on stage and just. Do re- I've never mentioned it. I would just do regular jokes, and then I would start to take a sip, and then I, then I, then I remembered something, and then go into that ma- that material, <laughs> and I would just I just did that through the whole thing. Just, uh, it's called alternative. And reality. then I was gonna swallow it as my closer, but then I was like, I ain't fucking swallow this fish. <laughs> so I, like, like I bought like three goldfish. Yeah, it was really weird. But uh, but no, I think it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you watch Man on the Moon or something, you'll say, hey, maybe I should do more weird stuff. You know. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's when it fails, though, it just hurts harder than anything else. You know what I mean? When you do something really weird and it just fails. <laughs> Anthony, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my plant joke. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like like I had this thing the other night that was just like a callback thing. It was just like because I have to do an act out. And you don't commit to something that's like over commit. the top that yes. should be over yes. the top. It just and it fails miserably. You're just like, oh. I remember doing my hip hop Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds for yeah. almost an all black audience. Wow. And um quiet. <laughs> <laughs> quiet. And I felt what they were thinking and they Oh. Oh. Oh, I got booed by 3000 black people once. Yeah, that was rough. 
I was just like, uh, yeah, I did some, uh, you know, at least black people got to travel joke or something. And they just, and it was like, they went fucking bananas on me. And it was like MIT, it was like high elite black students. Yeah. And it was like a big organization, a whole bunch of them. And it's like, yeah, it was rough. And, um, yeah, but uh, I had an open for Dr. Dre and Ed Lover at Caroline's, yeah. wow. and I'm feeling the hate as I'm walking. As I'm, oh, like 15, yeah. I'm feeling hatred as I'm walking up, and this really happened. I'm talking, and everyone's starting to heckle, and someone said, where'd you get that ugly-ass jacket? And um, I said, 14th Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to my friend Quentin, you know, Quentin, Quentin said, you're supposed to be, that was like to be affectionate. You're supposed to say from your mama's closet, like... They were setting you, if only you would have hit yeah. back and known that it was done in fun and sure. in jest. And I learned a lot that day. No, black audiences, you know, they made me stronger. Yeah. I started in, like, yeah. all these rooms. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it's uh, this is fun. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I always tell people it's like it takes a podcast for friends to actually hang out and talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got a point there. When have we ever had a conversation? Exactly. Well, you know, it's never long enough. It's always, like, 15 minutes before you go up or something. Right. So I think that's like comedy club, you know, interactions always kind of weird. But um, would you like to plug anything? What do you got? What's your? How can we follow you? And how? What's you got any gigs coming up or anything cool? I've got a. Um, well, I'm doing. I'm doing my fourth DVD. I'm taping it at New York Comedy Club. Sweet. And that'll be on September 11th. Oh wow! So I want to. Um, yeah. That's a weird day to do comedy. And now I'm all <laughs> People say that. I'm like, will audiences come out? Or we will be in grief? Will we be in mourning? It's no, like, I be- think it's... Uh, it's- it's a- Somebody like you, I think it'll be cool. Because you, you, you'll you know how to like address it. You know what I mean? I mean, you have to address it. But yeah, I think... Yeah, and I'll, I'll yeah. say a little, I'll say yeah. a little something. Yeah. And I'll just say, you know, let's celebrate life. Celebrate, um, you know, let's have respect for the people that have passed and the people that gave up their lives, people that were murdered. And uh, I don't know if I would go like, that. yeah, like that's what I'm afraid of. Like Vanessa, say a line or two and then get to the yeah, joke. Yeah, I don't. Like, yeah, I don't think you need yeah. to say the word murdered. Yeah, uh, it's probably not a good way to start it. to start yeah. your comedy uh, DVD special thing. Um, uh, they were murdered, and I hope I do tonight. You know I mean, like I can't. <laughs> uh, night to kill, huh? Yeah, All right. Uh, cool. How can we follow you on social media? Where we get um, you? I'm on. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I barely know how to use any of them. And yeah. I've got a website and would love to uh, please follow me. That's great. Um, Anthony, I'm going to let you do your plugs. What do you got there? What do you got? Why don't you tell us what we can, oh, where we can find you, what we can buy from you? Uh, I have a... Uh, well, you can find me on... Uh, <laughs> you want me to do it? <laughs> sure. I, mean, he sounds, he sounds I set like him up. I'm trying to break him in a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he is high. <laughs> AnthonyCapfer.com is my website. Social media, everything is at Anthony Kapfer, K-A-P-F-E-R. And I have a book out called Book the Book, which has funny drawings and short stories and jokes. Yay, buy that book. Uh, You can catch me at Dustin Chafin. And also get our Twitter is uh, Leave You With This. It's spelled L-E-A-V-E-U and then W. D-I-S. That's that's all we could fit into that Twitter handle. And uh, check us out on our Facebook page. I'll leave you with this. Um, also, if you're interested in um, trying stand-up comedy or you're a comic that feels like you're in the rut, you can go to uh, Outlaw Comedy Coaching um, at Facebook, and I will make you a better comic or your money back. And uh, thank you for listening to our, our show. Uh, this is I'll Leave You With This, our special guest, Vanessa Hollingshead. Thank you so much. Yay. Pleasure. Woo, we yeah. did it. Good job. Yeah.